I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Happy Monday! It is a big time victory Monday. If you are a fan of Texas Tech basketball, two wins there. If you're rooting for Patrick Mahomes, it's a victory Monday. Uh, I know we have a a 49ers fan who chimes in from time to time. He has a victory Monday. Lots to get into. Happy Monday. It is Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Porman behind the glass. We are live from the first United Bank studio. You can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. Or you can hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions from the weekend. We'll take it all. And you can take us anywhere with the mobile apps brought to you by Happy State Bank. We're also streaming live on Fox 34 News now and on YouTube. Gus, how goes it? Well, it's pretty good. Good uh, good sports weekend, as as uh, many of our listeners did. Yeah. As I, too, was rooting for Mr. Mahomes yesterday. Um. And uh, I, too, was... Uh, you know what? There's two uh, Red Raider football player assistant coaches on the uh, 49ers. Yeah, Red Raider. So it's, on a Red Ra- Ra- it's really a Red Raider Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's also a, a rematch Super Bowl 54. Uh, that was Mahomes, of course, first Super Bowl win. So it's interesting that it, it circles back. Uh, Red Raider basketball goes to Norman and uh, throws, I mean, rights and lefts. Uh, if you're Pop Isaacs, it looked like you took a right at the block that didn't get called. Whatever you went through it, and you uh, you kind of went on the road, and man, that felt that felt good. And you're you are the cardiac kids if you're Texas Tech basketball because you keep on finding ways to win close games. You do it on the road this time. You'll be on the road again tomorrow night against TCU. Chance McMillan, I mean, what a what a performance. From him, obviously a career high in points. I believe career high in rebounds as well. Defensively played excellent, um, and just gave you the. Uh, we, we talked about this, Gus, on on Friday before we went into the weekend, and said, you know, something about this team is that who who knows who's going to be that kind of third scorer who's going to have just pop up and and maybe hasn't averaged all these. You know, heaps and bunches of points or production, but has been good and will pop up and will have a great game. Well, this time it was Chance McMillan who pops up and has a great game for you. You needed every single point. Yeah, and you know the the twenty seven points was obvious when you watched it that he was that he was lighting it up and you know hitting big shots and all that. But it wasn't until the end. Now I was I had an eye on the game, had an ear on the game, and then a little bit of both. But I hardly ever had both. Like an eyes and ears because I was watching a baseball scrimmage and so I wasn't hearing it and wasn't you know it was basically watching it on a phone Mm -hmm. so what I missed was the fact that the dude had eight rebounds Mm -hmm. the guard yeah 
had 27 points and eight rebounds in a game where we talked about um, managing uh, offensive rebounds for yeah. sure was going to be a big deal. Yeah, and and again, it's a when you have a team like Oklahoma, um, and I think you're going to run into this here uh, whenever you take on Cincinnati. Uh, of course, you're not clearly not bypassing TCU, but you'll see Cincinnati on Saturday. I feel like they have a similar feel team-wise because they can really crash the boards. They're big. They're long athletic. Some of the same things, like you don't want to let them get out and transition. All of those things that I think about Cincinnati are things that I thought about Oklahoma. And when you have a school like that, I mean, it takes everybody to rebound. I mean, it's not just, hey, Warren Washington, go have a good game and go get a bunch of boards. Right. I mean, you're looking at that for Darian Williams. You're looking at that for McMillan. You're looking at your guards um, to play a part in that, too. And Chance McMillan uh, did a little bit of everything for you, but it's hard to get past the 27 points. Um, and timely shots, too. It, it felt mm-hmm. like he was a... a uh, a one-man run stopper yeah, at times I, with some of the shots yep. that he was taking and, and hitting on. Um, and just another brutal day in the Big 12. I mean, just another day of battle after battle after battle. The team you're going to see tomorrow, boy, they absolutely earned it in Waco. Three overtimes. I was hoping they'd play about 17 yeah. more overtimes. <laughs> just, just keep going. Like play, play into Monday. Play yeah. 10 overtimes. Yeah, play yeah. up until the start of uh, your game sure. against Fort Worth and have zero legs. Um, but, yeah, uh, conference championship games, both were outstanding. Incredibly different feels. Uh, the, the second half of San Francisco is what I thought would happen the entire game. They just really mm. wanted to make it interesting, I guess, if you're – 49ers questions abound about Dan Campbell's uh, decisions there in the second half, but we'll uh, get into all of that. I got to say, you and I, of course, you you kind of set me on this path. Both fans of the uh, the show, The Bear, yeah. Friday night, uh, if you've seen this show, you you kind of teased this to me where I was at in the second season. There is an insane <laughs> episode. I won't get into it and you know spoil it or anybody, but there ends up being a car in a house that gets crashed. And uh, it's an incredibly stressful show if you're not in the right mindset. Sat there Friday night, texted you about it, watched it, and was like, oh, well, my God. That's the craziest <laughs> thing I'm going to see this weekend. And the sports world was like, well, hold my beer because yeah. you're just going to see crazy thing after crazy thing. And, and you know, that uh, Sydney, mm-hmm. the character. Our girl, Sydney. Yep, mm-hmm. on, uh, on the bear. Is hosting uh, Saturday Night Live this weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, about All that. Right. And and you might have seen her name and just not realized who it was <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, she uh, like she she kind of got her chops. Like this is a this is an unusual route, but she kind of made her chops in some stand up comedy. You can see it on HBO. I mean, on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like some, you know, and it's fine, whatever. <laughs> but I, I I was just thinking like, and then when you see her act, you're like, man, I think she's kind of built to host SNL. Mm-hmm. And SNL had a big show the other night with uh, Timberlake as the uh, musical host. But you know how that goes. He jumps in there with it's Fallon. Gonna, and you know, work his way they were spoofing Barry Gibb and yeah, doing the deal. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's Sydney is the host and J-Lo as the uh, musical guest. Huh. Which, you know, J-Lo's going to mm-hmm. get run into a couple of those scripts as well. So... Uh, uh, we got this yep. on the uh, Yates Flooring Center chat line from Raiders Dad. Who got to carry in the manchild sized balloon that is Clint Scott after this weekend's results? Yeah, I had to be uh, had to be tied down a little bit. That was uh, 
man, uh, stressful second half. And I know that's for both sides. So if there's any Ravens fans, I know they, it just, it, it, it felt like I sat there and thought the chiefs are going to need, um, some, I, I thought 10 more points. I thought at least 10 more points in the second half. Like I, I liked where you're sitting at halftime, but it just felt like yeah. at a certain point, the the Ravens' offense would find a way to get it together, and I think I mean you have to give credit to the Chiefs' defense first and foremost and Spagnola's game plan. Um, I also I don't think I, it felt like the moment was too big for Lamar Jackson at yeah. times because he was off that on some throws was, he's made. Oh, that pick where he threw into three guys and then Zay Flowers trying. How many more guys are going to try to stretch a ball over the goal line? Oh man, Miko meet yeah. Zay. Hey, you guys <laughs> just talk it out there. Luckily, Miko gets a talk about it with his friends <laughs> somebody asked did taylor's boyfriend win he did he did and he played he pretty good yeah if, if uh if you're anti taylor swift i got a uh, bad news to break to you <laughs> <laughs> it is tech talk here on double t 97.3 back with more next the podcast that finishes your work day in a very red raider way this is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is the juice. Welcome back to Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Hit us up on the Yates Forum Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, reactions from the weekend. We'll take it all. There, Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Porman behind the glass. We'll start with what we have on the docket tonight, after we're done, 6 o'clock, Lady Raider basketball with Krista Gerlich, and they picked up a win over the weekend. They beat TCU 71-65. to And, uh, Gus, at the start of this game, it seemed like a, a similar story with some of the struggles that the Lady Raiders have had early. Um, I mean, TCU was just hitting a ton of threes. I think they hit four in that first quarter, and they were up 18-7. to but then the Lady Raiders found their offense, took care of the ball, started hitting some shots themselves, having a, a second quarter where they outscored TCU 25-8, to eight, put up 27 points to TCU's 26 uh, in the third quarter. Um, but, uh, you know, at one point you had a, a double-digit lead there in the fourth quarter, and TCU chipped away and made it a little bit closer. But the uh, the question was, could, could you outlast a TCU team that had a hand tied behind their back roster-wise. You did four Lady Raiders in double figures. Jasmine Shavers led the way with 19. She did a little bit of everything. Speaking of guards rebounding, Bailey Moppin was your uh, leading rebounder. Six rebounds, but four of those offensive. Perfect. So uh, a, a good performance there from Lady Raider basketball. They'll be off this week, taking on Cincinnati at Cincinnati on Saturday. Yep, they're they're uh, enjoying the uh, off day sort of off week that uh the tech men enjoyed last week yeah and get some get some rest uh your other two double digit leading scorers or double digit scores for lady raiders by the way with bailey moppins 12 and jasmine shavers 19 you also had logan johnson get into double figures again good things from her lately uh she had 13 and jordan Merritt another good game she had 16 the men's team that you speak of used that week to uh, just be in a slobber knocker of a basketball game, which I usually stay away from that term with basketball, but in the Big 12, feels like you could use it uh, on, a, on a game any given Saturday. 
Tech wins 85-84. to 84. Uh, Chance McMillan, of course, 27 points, 8 rebounds, both career highs. Pop Isaacs had 18, and he had one of those. Now, he had free throws late, big free throws, that add into that total. But to me, the question with Pop Isaacs now, because he's averaged a little over 19 points a game in conference play. It's like, okay, can you keep on getting to that mark? And this was a game where, you know, you have uh, some guys who just quietly get to their productive numbers. And to me, Chance McMillan was such a loud scorer in this one. Pop Isaacs had one of those games where he still gave you 18 points. More importantly, 9 of 10 from the line. Man. Needed all of them. Uh, 14 from Joe Toussaint. Warren Washington, another game. 10 points, 7 boards. Uh, and Warren Washington, effective as well. 5 makes on 6 attempts. Highest shooting percentage in the Big 12, Gus. Well, and, and needed every one of them. On a night that, uh, or an afternoon in which uh, OU was, what, 15 for 24 from the line, so really a, a marginal day at best. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because... That's, that boils down to 5 for 8, 62%, and yeah, not good. For, for Oklahoma... Needed every one of them. You, you look at like the conference stats, and they were, since conference had started, since Big 12 play had started, they were pretty average in about every category. Now, they rebounded well... Um, we noted that, but even then, it wasn't like just exceptionally blowing everybody out of the water. But something that they were towards the top was free throw percentage, and it bit them. Um, and you're not going to complain about it because, I mean, you had to fight through a ton of adversity to do it. Um, and felt like to me, to me, it felt like there were some chances you could have been on the line more. Um, and you know that's just the way it is. Life on the road in the Big Twelve. And you fought through some of that, but you were 16 of 19 on your end. So that's how you went on the road, right? Mm-hmm. You take care of the ball. You take care of things that you can control, uh, and you hit opportunities like that in the free throw line. How many, how many times do we see this? I mean, it plays such a big factor uh, where if that's something you lose, I mean, there's a lot of times you lose the game, and Oklahoma found that out. Yeah, in a game where you're 2 for 14 from 3 from Pop, Toussaint, and Duran Williams. Chance McMillan, 6 of 8, though. Yeah. That's pretty oh, nice. Yeah. And Kerwin, <laughs> 1 for 1. Yeah. Uh, in the rest of the Big 12, you had Iowa State, a winner at home. They beat the Jayhawks 79-75. to BYU, they had to take off the horns down shirts, which was just incredibly soft. Whatever. BYU wins, though, 84-72 to at home. Uh, a much-needed home win for them. They're now 3-4 and four in Big 12 play, as is Texas. Houston just smacked Kansas State around. All game at home. And you just mentioned Houston and Texas. They go at it tonight on Big Monday in Austin. Mm-hmm. Houston, a 74-52 winner over the Wildcats. TCU and Baylor played in an outstanding triple overtime game in Waco. The Horn Frogs pulled out 105-102. to Oklahoma State, they get a win, Gus. 70-66 to over West Virginia at home. So, like you said, they weren't going to go... 0-18, and they break the ice against the Mountaineers in your final game, rounding out Big 12 play on Saturday. It was a 68-57 win for Cincinnati at home over UCF. Yeah, and that Cincinnati team looms because that's the home game here on Saturday. And, uh, you know, that's it's at least as of a week ago, they were the top rebounding team in the Big 12 and, uh, and presents some interesting matchup problems. And, uh, We'll worry about that after tomorrow night, yeah. I guess. Uh, and your final headline is uh, the Super Bowl set. I don't know if you heard, Gus. 
Kansas City Chiefs, they what? were in the opening window beating the Ravens 17 to 10. No points scored in the by the Chiefs in the second half. Yeah, and just a just a kind of a a field goal at the very end to, to it, it was basically we got to score twice so hurry up and kick the field goal and then try the onside mm-hmm. and so there was not much now the zay flowers fumble came in the second half as he's trying to extend the ball over the line and that 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 fumble made it by what two feet one foot i mean or it's a td yes yes and and, and, and what bit the chiefs last week bit bit uh, baltimore yesterday and I mean, Legereus Sneed with one of the most accurate punches <laughs> you'll ever see Superman diving to do it. He just had the uh, the football rolled at him on a taunting call, what, two, three plays before, uh, and get some revenge there. And the Chiefs are heading to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five seasons. Uh, on the other side, it is a Super Bowl 54 rematch. The 49ers erase a 24-7 to halftime deficit to come back and beat the Lions 34-31. to 31. Yeah, They came out smoking hot. Mr. McCaffrey was very good again. 27 points in the second half for the 49ers. Yep. And that is the juice. And we got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, tell me ahead of time this is going to be a glazing Mahomes show I so I can leave. Well, we'll certainly get into the game quite a bit. Uh, it's a mini school Super Bowl. It's true. Mini schools represented. Um, and it was fun watching Broderick Washington trying to chase fellow Red Raider Mahomes around. He almost had him for a sack one time. Cool to see former players of ours fighting to go to a Super Bowl. Yes, it is. And that, uh, like, we knew that fact going in, which is why we were saying, hey, it's yet another Super Bowl with a Red Raider on the field, regardless yeah. of, of that outcome. Uh, you know what was interesting about the AFC championship is, I mean, shootout-wise, even though it was just big chunks of scores and it wasn't back and forth on the NFC side, but shootout-wise, if you're giving a nod to when it clearly goes to the NFC championship game, the AFC for only 27 points scored had so many offensive highlight moments. Mm. I mean, one of them led to a touchdown with Lamar Jackson. Just you know, their first touchdown where he was just evading yeah, everybody. Was a big felt, time. Yeah. I mean, Chanel had his hands on him five times before he finally got away and just launched it into the end zone. You had Lamar Jackson. Uh, I'll say I, I had uh, Tennessee Titan flashbacks as soon as Lamar Jackson <laughs> caught his own pass. And as scary fast as he is, I, I'm surprised he didn't go for more on I think what was it like a 13 yard reception <laughs> for Lamar Jackson? It was just incredible. Uh, you had Patrick Mahomes running around and throwing to a diving Travis Kels. Like all of these huge offensive, just single moments for two incredible offenses that only equaled 27 points. I thought that was just mind boggling to me. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that that second half was stagnant, and it felt like one of the rare times that you see the Chiefs, even though their D's played well this year, that it felt like, hey, Pat, don't do anything to mess this up. Uh, a, a big stat to me was uh, what Gus Edwards, Ravens running back, I think finished with three carries, Oof. three attempts, which you would think would be the opposite of how you would want to attack that defense. But, hey, no complaints over here. 
a podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk, a Monday edition. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Foreman behind the glass. Six o'clock over on 100.7. The score tonight is the high school fan zone. Coaches from Coronado, Estacado, Lubbockai, and Monterey will be right here in the first United Bank studio breaking down their seasons. Uh, we got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can hit us up there uh, as well. Uh, so there's one person who still watches SNL. I thought it was just a rumor. <laughs> It'd be yeah. It's it's been a while since I've consistently. I'm uh, every week guy. In. Are you? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yep. I didn't know that. DVR. I mean, just yeah. Oh yeah. You have a a favorite recent sketch? <laughs> they had you one. They had one two nights ago. Yeah. Um. That was fantastic. Uh, basically, it's this mom. It's this kid. You know, your age, with. Two parents, mm-hmm. um, and they're SNL cast members, and they're kind of sixties looking, whatever parents, and, uh, and and the kids like it, it's almost like he's at home visiting or whatever, and then the grandma's over there in a wheelchair, and the kid looks at the TV and sees some videotape. Oh, look! Can we can we look at some of these? And he puts it in. It's like his first soccer game. You know, it looks like little kid video from nineteen ninety beta cam kind of thing. And then the next one is like, he pulls this one out and goes, Dad, what's this? And he goes, it was the best day of my life. It was uh, the day we found out your mother was pregnant. Oh, can we look at this? He puts it in. It's basically a uh, Jerry Springer type episode. Of, you know, the mom is just a complete <laughs> slut on the deal. And, and, and then the guy, and then it was a DNA test reveal. And the kid, they keep flashing back to the kid. And he's like, why didn't you tell me this? I'm like, oh, it's no big deal, you know. And yeah, there's there's more to it than that. But it was absolutely hysterical. It's funny you say that because I got into a, uh, just found a rabbit hole of you are you are not the father reaction oh videos God. a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Made me feel like I was in grade school, sick at home, all over again. Like, what do I do with my oh Tuesday my afternoon? Springer and my cold. Let's go to Springer or Mari. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Have, have you seen the uh, the Super Bowl logo theory that was going around? Uh-uh. It was that the, it was predicting what it was going to be because like the past like three or four years, the color scheme behind the logo that they'd come out with would match the two teams. Like last year had green and had red in it. Uh, and then the one before had like blue and yellow and had some orange in there or something. The one before that had... Uh, some Chiefs and 49ers colors. And uh, this year, it just happened to have some purple and red and gold. <laughs> huh. So that got snapped. Nice. The script was wrong. Uh, looks like the Super Bowl logo theory was wrong. Uh, reliable source. I like this. How many reliable sources do you have? Yeah, keep, I don't have very keep many. Going. Yeah, reliable sources said Mahomes and Kelsey got a suite for Saturday's Cincy Tech game. Reservation was for four. T Swift is gonna love it. Ooh, Swift in the house. Ooh. Kelsey and Mahomes and Mrs. Mahomes in the house. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah. Uh this on the Yates Flooring Center 
chat line. By the way, the same reliable source told us he was going to be here for the K-State game in football. So, uh, <laughs> But I'm here for it. Started yep. out with, you know what I heard? Exactly. Uh, Paolo asked this. Um, are the Ravens going to have to have a difficult conversation about Lamar Jackson this offseason? It's no more difficult than, I mean, first of all, he just won the MVP, so. Or we, we assume, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what, how difficult is that conversation going to be? Well, the other side is, you know, after, boy, that, that conversation felt like it took two seasons worth, um, but he signed a new contract this year. And it was right. 185, something like that, guaranteed, like around 250. Just the, the typical big number right. that we're used to with quarterbacks. And this was year one of the deal. Well, um, it's, it's, you know, it would take a bowling ball sized beanbag to pull the trigger on that. Mm-hmm. Who, who you, who you bringing in, like, you're, that you're walking away from the MVP. Or let's say Dak Prescott, that you're walking away. And I don't know fans are all over this. You're going to walk away from that dude, and then what? We're going to go draft Drake right. May. You, you, you know, like, yeah. and the the first time that dude throws a couple of incompletions in, on the first week, or growing pains or whatever, how quickly are you, you know, just meltdown of the century? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that – you know the 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 level of uh, I mean, just walking away. The other thing I would say about it, if if they walked away from from him, you think he's going to have a few suitors and free agency willing to take on the risk of him not, you know, that that would rather take on the two MVPs and rolling the dice on the playoff success. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not diminishing that, but I'm just saying like you you better have a plan B that is on point because in both the Cowboys and the Ravens cases, the window's still open. Mm-hmm. Those aren't like, oh, well, we're getting ravaged in free agency here this year. We had an aging core, so it makes it a little bit easier to move on. We're in a rebuild. No, both of those two are ready to win now, and you're going to roll the dice and go, no, we'll take Drake May. We're, we're bringing in uh, who Garoppolo. Like, mm-hmm. you're not, I mean. I, I think this, the, to me, this is also partially from the AFC side the Patrick Mahomes talk, or the Patrick Mahomes effect. Oh, because, Lord, yes. Because now, um, I mean, right now, we, we've tried to build up a rivalry between him and Josh Allen, right? Tried to build up the rivalry bet- between him and Lamar Jackson. That's going to be the next one. Lam- Joe Burrow has a little bit of merit to it because he was injured this year, and he made it to a Super Bowl. And he's he's the only one active active player the only one who's beat him in an AFC championship game. And also on the, on the other, you know, on the flip side, Lamar Jackson going into it, there were playoff questions, right? He's had some health issues. He hasn't made it to the AFC championship game. Um, and so, you know, if, if you're looking from the Raven side, yeah, you, you had a ton of missed opportunities, felt like you didn't have your best game. Again, you have to overwhelmingly tip your cap to the Chiefs, but still, you know, there's several plays, I'm sure, that Lamar Jackson and Munkin and, and I mean, game plan wise, even where you go and, and review that and go, maybe we didn't attack that the best way against the chiefs. Um, but w- what do we, what do we care about with quarterbacks in the NFL? We care about Super Bowls and we care about playoff oh, sure. wins. And that's just not there right now with Lamar Jackson, but he's gotten better and better to me every single year. You took a step because you got to the AFC championship game and the game before against the surprising Texans, 
I mean, had one of the best quarterback performances throughout the playoffs this right. year, where he just in that second half looked dominant. So yep. threw it I, all over, ran for a hundred. Yeah. The optics we look at though is he just had a bad game in an AFC Championship game, and he's not good in the playoffs because that's what the oh, that's what the storyline that you build off. But I don't, you know, I don't. It's it's not a it's not a difficult conversation for the Ravens now readdress this in three seasons when you're deeper into that contract. Right. Right. And and then maybe maybe you're there, but that's uh that's a lot of football to play. And that's a really good Ravens team that, you know, isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Um but I like I said, I think it's the Patrick Mahomes effect because he's shutting out everybody in the AFC. He's not doing it single handedly, by the way, but his start to his career has been just a skyrocket of all skyrockets. Like we know the record, all of these quarterbacks that he already has more playoff wins than, um, I mean, it's, it's in a couple of seasons, it will get to the point and, and some would say he's already there, but number wise, maybe even after next season, it is literally him just chasing Tom Brady in the mm-hmm. playoff win category for quarterbacks. And so that makes it, that that conversation for the Josh Allens and for the Lamar Jacksons just intensified. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, that what, what Mahomes, you know, Mahomes is, is, is sort of, you know, is still an act one much as Brady had an act one, mm-hmm. you know, and then Brady, after they lost that Oh seven, you know, the 17 and Oh season, you know, then the ACL, then the, you know, and then they had a year or two where they, they were flat, you know, like didn't, and then, and then a revamp and a rebuild all around Brady. A lot of those defensive stars had moved on and like, you could see like, Hey, Kelsey's not going to be around much longer. There's going to be a, going to be a second act there for Pat. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's that going to look like? How long is it going to last? Whatever. But my goodness, Brady, Elevated the Patriots the way Mahomes elevates the Chiefs. Oh yeah, speaking yeah, speaking of performances, Travis Kelsey showed mm-hmm. why he's. Uh, right. I mean, t- top five tight end at least, right. depending on shows, where you place him. Shows why T Swift walked over there and stuck her tongue down his throat <laughs> after the game too. <laughs> it is Tech Talk. Let's take a little trip back in time when we come back. podcast put together with red raider fans in mind this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction it is tech talk here on double t 97.3 and double t 97.3 97.3.com happy monday thanks for hanging out with us Clint scott dr mike gustafson ben poorman behind the glass after we're done it's lady raider basketball with krista gerlich tonight should be a, a very upbeat episode, I would say. A couple of wins here strung together, looking for a third this Saturday at Cincinnati. Uh, ben, would you please hit us up with your play of the day? Kerwin Walton is fouled out. Passant with seven on the shot clock. Right wing, McMillan steps into a three. Yes, sir! Right in your eye, who's on? Four-point yep. lead for Oklahoma. <laughs> Chance McMillan, career high night. 27 I, points. What a showing. I had a, uh, I had the radio on for, for most of that. And near the end, we got a phone out and streamed it. And, um, uh, and level was fine. He, he, you know, he, he was fired up. Like he was fired up about the refs mm-hmm. midway through. 
uh, you know, a lot of hand checking and that kind of just, a, I think I'm describing that accurately. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he got really fired up kind of, I don't know, I'd say midway second half, early second half. And, uh, just, just feeling like there was, you know, ag- aggressive fouls on one end and ticky tacks on the other. And, and, but he, he, he then confessed and, 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 you know, to, to the idea that, uh, the post game, I mean, the, uh, you know, that maybe tech, the beneficiary of some of those even up calls at the end. And, and you think about how that game ended and it was free throw shooting contest. And I think we were seven for seven in the last minute. Isn't that about right? I thought you missed one in there. Okay. I think you missed one, but still, yeah. I mean, uh, and ice the game with three throws, Yeah, you know, like the going down up to, and it's a classic deal, but you go down up to, and, uh, um, you know, you get a chance to shoot free throws with whatever four seconds left. And it's like one, two, and now you're up four and then they go down and heave the three up and it goes in. You're like, Oh, well we're over there in the handshake line, getting ready to shake your hand. But yeah, that, that game had clutch free throws and, and some calls that, that maybe turned our direction and late in that game. But that, that, I just mean in the, in the moment, Chris was fired up, man. He was. I, and I don't he think. Was I mean, hot. He, he wasn't the only one. No, no, no. I, mean, I know. And sp- speaking of which, I think that was, you know, not. I mean, this isn't like a positive or a negative. More just uh, me noticing something from the game. But I mean, Grant McCaslin clearly upset mm-hmm. with a, a few calls that don't go your way. One of them being, was it uh, the the kicked ball that wasn't called? And whenever he was trying to argue. Um, the kick bond he like reenacted. I thought he was physically going to kick the ref. Right. I thought he was going to karate kick the ref right in the back of the thigh and like that, give him like a Charlie horse back that, there. Or and I think the that that might have been a point. Again, I don't remember if it was Chris or Jeff at that point that said coach coach Matt close to getting a technical or something. Yeah. That's the way it sounded. And again, I was a, a little distracted, but they had me they had me locked in at that point. That game did, you know, and so I'd be watching our scrimmage and then kind of dial back into what was going in on my ear, you know, between innings or whatever. And, but th- there were points at which like the, m- me taking some notes on this new picture that I'm looking at or whatever. And then like, man, levels fired up, you know, like it yeah. rose above yeah, the, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that Gus, it got to a point where he, where his feistiness was at an all time high. He stopped himself Yep. on the air and went, I need to calm down. I need to calm down. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yes, he did. And, that, you know, good for him, man. He's a human being with emotions like the rest of us. Yeah. And glad glad you're not sitting around lamenting a loss on a day where you felt like calls weren't going your way for a long time. But, man, you know. And that's, and this, yeah. we, we all know this. That's life on the road in the Big 12. I mean, that's not the first time a and won't be the last that a road team has felt that way. Um, but that's part of what, like the uphill climb. And that's again, what makes like being as good as you can on the free throw line, being as good as you can in the turnover battle mm-hmm. and, and playing clean basketball, um, in, in situations where you can and, and finding a way to do that has been really impressive from this team. And I think it's, I mean, night and day difference from this year to last year of just like the mental toughness from, top to bottom from staff to, you know, bottom guy at the end of the bench who's not coming in. Um, and the – what are your expectations now? Because <laughs> oh, uh, it, it's – I mean, we just keep saying as of now 
Oh, you're still there at the top uh, by yourself there in Big 12 play. I know. It it, it feels so early. Um, it, it feels so early that, um, y- you know, it's not even. A, but you're asking about an expectation, in other words. And it can be wide open, whatever you mean. No, however, however you interpret that. I mean, the, the thing I came into the year wanting was, you know, the, and the narrative I've thrown out on this show was what do you got to do to – you know, get to get to 500 in league play or maybe stay a game above it. And, uh, you know, which, which may be underselling those dudes. And I'm, I'm just fine with that. Uh, I'll apologize later. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, we, and, and, and I don't, I mean, we came out of non-conference, a, uh, we came out of non-conference, a, uh, what bubble out, like in the early, you know, so it's not there. like yeah, it's yeah. not like I was way out of bounds there. And you know what? When you're winning all these games by a point or two, you could be losing a game by a point or two on down the road that you don't like. And so it's it's it you just gotta stay in the grind and stay in the fight. Um Yeah, yeah, like it's what what do we know about the Big Twelve? It is really hard to blow out teams in the Big Twelve. And uh on the road, you've already done twice what has felt impossible for some of even the, the, the teams coming into conference play with expectations of winning a Big 12 championship. Right. And that's not, not just winning one in the front nine, but now two road games. And I don't care who it's against. I don't right. care if you do it. Stole a couple. Yeah, I, I, I don't care if you're going into Morgantown and getting a win or going into Norman and getting a win. It is it is so difficult. It, felt, it just feels like an, an extra victory in there. Um when eventually we look back at however the Big 12 race works out. Um, because it is, I mean, Houston, two road losses. One of those there in Norman. Kansas, three road losses. Baylor losing three in a row. <laughs> and Baylor's tough because that one, that's the last one was at home. But still, right. a couple no, road losses yep. in there. Uh, they're in Austin and they're in Kansas State. And to your point, like if, you, if you're looking at Baylor, you're saying it could have been one or two point losses, so you don't really apologize for what the score is or how you get them. Because if you're asking Baylor, one of those road losses and overtime, one of those sure. road losses um, look like it could possibly be heading to overtime in Austin, and they hit a bucket there at the end to walk off with a win. Um, so you don't really care how you get there, and it can be an ugly game, it can be a high scoring game. The the road wins are just so almost feeling impossible to come by when you look at the rest of the conference and you're sitting here with two of them. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I've kept an eye on and I, that I haven't been crystal clear on, but, uh, I, I, I follow a, a site called bballnet.com and it, it's keeping a s- sort of what I believe is a running total of the net mm-hmm. ranking stuff. Like, our next game tomorrow, this is a quad one opportunity at TCU. Top, they're, they're number 30. It's a quad two opportunity against Cincinnati here because they're number 32. But if, when you're playing at home, it's one through 75. When you're playing on the road, it's one through – or flip it. When you're playing on the road, a quad one game is one through 75. When you're playing at home, it's one through 30. Mm-hmm. So they're really trying to tilt that thing to tougher road games and that kind of stuff. But it's – Quad one, quad two, quad one, quad two, quad one, 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 two, three, three, one. You know, and so you think about what this what this schedule holds ahead, all the opportunities in the world to get a bunch of these games. And, you know, they talk about the things that really help your resume. 
quad one wins and then how many quad three and quad four bad losses are there well, one thing that that happened over the weekend and uh again this is me nerding out on this stuff but the michigan win went from a quad two to a quad three win and the, the thing i wasn't sure of was how that stuff's measured but it it appears that you can your quad can change as your performance goes along well michigan's stinking it up and so that's now not a quad two win but rather a quad three but in our conference given the inventory of what's ahead that's not a that's not a big deal, but but there still is some truth to what we've always talked about in the old RPI game, where you root for the teams you just beat. Oh yeah, oh you know, yeah. It's like, hey, Michigan, no, wish you'd do something, but yeah, they've now slipped to 101 in the in the net ranking, and so that being a neutral site win isn't helping us the way we thought it might earlier. It's funny with as dominant and as good of a position as you are in the Big Twelve, like it feels like all the other quote unquote power conferences are just in a place of. I mean, weakened knees right now because the mm-hmm. Big Ten, it, that outlook doesn't look good. The ACC, that outlook doesn't right. look all that good right now when you're looking at tournament projections. Uh, it is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3, double T 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Foreman behind the glass. Uh, we will catch up on all your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Keep rolling them in. Uh, don't forget, ask Tech Talk. We will go back to the Yates Flooring Center chat line way down the line at 545 as we do to end every single show. Uh, anything that you want to ask us about, we are open and honest. Uh Coach McCaslin, of course, after the win against Oklahoma, opening thoughts on the contest and win against Oklahoma. Yeah, what a what a tremendous environment. What a great college basketball game. Uh, Oklahoma basketball is, is in great hands. I have a ton of respect for Coach Mosier and the way they compete. I mean, they just they get after it. And I thought their physicality as the game went on really caused us problems. I mean, they got to the free throw line, put us on our heels. And then thanks to this guy and the belief of our team, we just stayed in the fight. And, you know, ultimately I did think our ability to get some stops and get out in transition opened the game up. And then this guy's defense really gave us an edge. You know, Pop Isaacs was guarding the ball. Joe Toussaint was guarding the ball. And then we're able to put him on the ball, and he's worked extremely hard. He just said he had a career high of eight rebounds. I mean, it wasn't just his shot making, which was awesome, but it was his the way he competed today that I thought helped us win this basketball game and couldn't be happier for this guy, a phenomenal teammate. Chance McMillan just really wants to win. And uh, I thought this game showed that. Of course, he had McMillan up there uh, Mm -hmm. with him, and that's who he was uh, referring to. Yeah, Yeah, this guy, this guy. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's something, again, that is maybe not overlooked – but we, what do we care about when, we, when we're doing the stats talk? It's the points, right? How many points did you score? And, you know, you, you look at eight rebounds for like a Warren Washington, you're going, oh, it was, a, it was a good night, good productive night, but you're not adding that into the total performance that you got from McMillan. Um, and really important too, you know, of course, Walton fouls out, um, which doesn't help. And what, there's a five minutes left or so still in the game with that uh, when that happened. But McMillan... Gave you so much 
more than points on Saturday. Gave you a lot of points. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Career high, and you uh, you loved all 27 and needed all 27. Um, and uh, Chance McMillan, I mean, it, it it's not the first big performance he's had. By the way, earned new, Big 12 Newcomer of the Week mm-hmm. for his effort second time uh, this season. Uh, but, you know, and when he won it the first time, what that was coming off of the, the uh, Butler game. And even though you don't win that one, y- you know that you have any given night with a streaky shooter uh, and kind of firecracker type performer that McMillan can be. That off the bench, you have a guy that can just score in heaps and bunches. Uh, and he does it on the road against Oklahoma um, in a not a daunting, daunting environment. But I'll say this it was better than what it has been in years past. Yeah. And the. And again, the radio guy said that Hax said it more than once. He goes, "Look, I'm, you know, Hax and Hax and just heaving out uh, uh, compliments for the good folks of Northern <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma for the paper clips. They're just not rolling a, off the tongue of Jeff Haxton. That's yeah. a, and that's baked into a lifetime of uh, you know <laughs> a degree from OSU. I believe et cetera, they call that deep seated hate. Yeah, that's yes. fine. Yeah, but he he was even he was like, look, I'm. I'm the usually the first one to talk about this, and he said, "But that, th- this crowd here, this is a good environment." And you don't say that very often about Lloyd Noble. I think I'm, I think that's a fairly accurate depiction of what he was saying. But now there was also some tweets, and I think a, a tweet from one of the OU barstool people saying, "Hey, I'm turning around, and looking up here, and there's you know tons of Red Raider fans, mm-hmm. you know," and I thought. I mean, believe me, the 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 business, the benefits of uh, of Texas and Oklahoma being in the Southeast Conference outweigh them not being there. I get it because it's, it's not about it's not a basketball conversation to begin with, anyway. But you know, when when uh, Texas Tech doesn't show up in Austin and Texas Tech doesn't show up in Norman next year, and uh, you know, enjoy your game against South Carolina. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I mean, there may be some novelty with some of that, or people that you know, fans want to get out and see new places and do that kind of thing, and that's yeah, that's great. But but there, it's going to be the the forty fans packed in there behind the bench and not like filling up your barn. Well, for not for, covering for your not covering for your ho hum crowd. And I don't I don't even think that this is for Oklahoma. This is just a single conversation. For, for Texas on this, but you look at like the non-premier SEC teams in basketball, like who's the, who's the one, and this wasn't a basketball move, I get it, don't get me wrong, but other sports are playing in the SEC now too, um, like who's the, who's the premier great environment that you're excited about to go see a game if, if you're Texas, that's not like a Kentucky it's it's probably just Ole Miss, right? And that's assuming Chris Beard is still there, <laughs> yeah. right? Like yeah. that—that's the matchup. That's the uh, we're definitely going to pack the house for this one again. Outside of you know Kentucky or Tennessee, um, and and that's where it's just a different feel when you get to those South Carolinas and you get to like oh boy Mississippi State, uh, okay, <laughs> right for for a place that. For Texas and Oklahoma that have not just had these great environments for basketball and had this just immense support for those sports. Uh, Coach McCaslin also commented on the difficulty in winning road Big 12 games. 
You know what it is. I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, somebody showed it to me today. I think 32%. Of the, I mean, the road wins, just it's as low as it's ever been in the Big 12 and uh, top 25 teams or whatever. It's just a difficult advantage because of the environments. And this environment was awesome today. I mean, when they went on that run and made made the stretch and put it to nine and we had to call it, it was wild, you know, and I just, uh, my hat's off to the, the people here because you could tell there was a good energy in this building. I thought it really helped them. Um, but that's what it is. What he said is like, how do you, who enjoys the adversity? And I think we have a group that like actually does like it. You know, they, some people don't. We were playing at Houston. I watched them come off the court and we were getting beat pretty good. And I just wanted to see who was walking off like, this is so hard, or who was walking off like, let's find a way to win. And I told them that. So I just think these guys walk off the court whenever what happens, like walking into those timeouts, talking about what are we going to do to win. It's pr probably a lot yeah. easier to talk about the environment when you win in the environment. Oh, sure. <laughs> no doubt. Like if you walk out of there with a loss, probably not as chipper to talk about the actual environment that was built over here in yeah. Norman. But. Nice. Uh, hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. We got this. Uh, Jerry Springer, you get a fight. Mari Povich, you get to be a dad. Oprah, <laughs> you get a car. Yeah, there you go. I showed you one of my favorite uh, just oh TV God, clips of all dude. time in a break That's of Mari watch, Povich man. and the uh, lady who's terrified of olives to the point where she's screaming. And I can't look at it. I can't look at it. <laughs> No, not the olives. Uh, General Motors finish, furnished all the cars. Cost Oprah nothing. Well documented. Look, if I was in the crowd, I wouldn't care where that came from. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I hope there was nothing about what I was saying that would lead you to believe anything other than that as a promotional deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's I, I don't think that's news but i i couldn't have told you that <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't have told you if they were Fords or chevrolets or whatever but i yeah. doubt there was anyone in the crowd yeah. that like felt betrayed after they found out like oprah didn't buy these cars oh, i'm giving it back that's it i cannot believe the rug would be pulled out from under us like this uh raider's dad said has clint taken the shot on air that he agreed to over the weekend yet that didn't happen the uh like there's a forced Durango <laughs> conversation there. No, I can bring that bottle if you need me to. Nope, nope. No? I think oh, we're okay. Dude. Yeah, that's cool. Melted that trash can when you threw away the cup. So the the mac the wax on those little Dixie cups it, it will melt if you leave that stuff sitting there. But that's not unique to Durango. <laughs> but yeah, the little you know you testing that. I mean, yeah, like if you pour any your... if you pour any booze in like a you know a. Like a wax base, like right. a Burger King cup or something like that. Yeah, that stuff will melt or whatever it does. I don't know if it melts or I, all of a sudden it starts leaking and you're like, what happened? Like, yeah, I drink it there. Take the nipple off and drink it there, Grandma. This shouldn't make a difference. I cannot stand that texture of cup. It's almost disappointing. That little wax, like when you get it from fast food places. Okay. Team Styrofoam over here. That's the best version. Oh. Yeah, Team Styrofoam. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.